Hello everyone and welcome back to Hoops Weekly. We're back for yet another episode and today we edge even closer to that July 30th date where the NBA finally begins. I just got some exciting news that the Raptors are actually changing their jerseys um, for ne- for the 2021 season and their logo, which I'm actually really excited about to see what they did. Not that I didn't like the jerseys, but change like new change is always a good thing, so I'm excited for that. However, speaking of July 30th, let's talk about underdogs. You know the playoffs are starting soon. Everyone's kind of picking the Lakers, the Bucks, the Clippers. But I kind of want to look at the teams that people are not really talking about. Teams that could actually make a nice run. But nobody really considers them in the pack. So that's going to be our topic today. And let's get started with number one. Your former NBA champions. My favorite team. Disrespected around the league. Probably because we're in Canada and not in the United States. The Toronto Raptors. Listen, these guys are second in the Eastern Conference. They won the championship last year. They have experience. I mean, the Raptors have a great point guard in Kyle Lowry, who's a great leader. He's averaging 20 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists a game this season. Pascal Siakam, who's who was an MVP candidate at the start of the season, but towards the end of the season, he did kind of fall off with his play style. I do believe and I have hopes that they will pick up come playoff time because we need them to. Because what the Raptors have really been lacking in the past couple of years was that really like that leader. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan kind of lost kind of lost themselves in the playoffs in 2018, which is why the Raptors lost to the Cavs. But we don't really talk about that. That was very embarrassing for our franchise. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. The Raptors are a very, very fit team in this situation. I mean, you're looking at, again, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul, great additions, um, Norman Powell and Fred VanVleet, who have really picked up. Norman Powell should be up there for uh, most improved player of the year. Fred VanVleet for sixth man. So there's definitely a lot to go around, and a lot of people are going to be making contributions. And I think what's really going to change for the Raptors this year is the fact that they know that they've been there. What's been a problem for them before was that they haven't really gone to the conference finals except for 2016, right? They weren't able to make it past the first round or even the second round for 15 years, you know, until like they got that playoff burst with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. So a big thing for that is now that they know that they could be there and they have been there, I think they're going to use all that weight that's been put on their shoulders and take it as motivation to do better, to kind of prove themselves to the league. Once again, everyone was doubting them after Kawhi Leonard left and they've shown this season that they can actually be that same team. The Raptors' defense was terrific, offense was terrific. Pascal Siakam improved better than people expected and people did expect him to improve. Kyle Lowry took a bigger role, Fred VanVleet, Norman Powell, Serge Ibaka, this team is fit. And yeah, in the first round, they're going to be taking on a pretty pretty easy opponent. We're talking about the Brooklyn Nets here, which they will probably beat in 4 or 5. Second round, it gets really interesting because that's where people begin to get like iffy on the Raptors. They're playing the Celtics. The Raptors and Celtics are very equal teams. A lot of people will pick the Celtics over the Raptors because of Jason Tatum. But again, we're talking about runs. That very much could happen. If the Raptors are able to neutralize Jason Tatum, they could probably beat the Celtics in 6 or 7, which would take us to the conference finals against the Bucks. And that's where people get even more iffy. Pascal Siakam wasn't able to guard Giannis, which is why I would probably say the conference finals is the maximum point for the Toronto Raptors. But if miraculously we are able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks, I believe that 
we could possibly win a championship. Now, that all depends on the Western Conference opponent. Because if we're playing the Clippers, well, I think the Clippers could beat anyone. So, I think the Raptors would make the finals against them, but they would definitely not win. Against the Lakers, we beat them this season without Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. Right? We had an injured team, and we beat LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Now, I'm not comparing regular seasons to playoff time, but I do think that the Raptors could pose a really big threat to the Lakers. However, there is like a 75-80% chance that that's happening. That's not that's not happening. So I would probably say that the Raptors' maximum point would be the conference finals. However, you never know. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Sometimes I wish the playoffs were more like March Madness where there would be upsets, but it's pretty much straightforward. Moving on to number two, we have the 76ers. Listen, I had this team being the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Yes, they've disappointed me. Yes, they're sixth in the Eastern Conference, but they have so much potential. Ben Simmons is emerging as a top five point guard in the league. Joel Embiid is a top three center in the league. You're building an offense around people like Tobias Harris, who's a great all-around small forward. Al Horford, who could neutralize Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he's shown to do that in the past with the Celtics. You have a very mature team. Josh Richardson could be very handy defensively because he's long, and he could score mid-range. This team has a lot of potential, but they don't have a bench. However, they would be playing the Boston Celtics in the first round, which I think would go to seven to either team, but let's say it goes to the, it goes to the Sixers. Then you're playing the Raptors in the second round, which I believe that the Sixers will beat the Raptors in around six or seven games as well. Look, it took Kawhi Leonard's Raptors to beat them in seven. I don't think that this Raptors team can go past six games. I think that we can beat the Celtics because they're better suited for us, but the Sixers will beat us. They could probably beat the Bucks in six or seven games as well. And if you take them to the finals and they're mature enough and they're composed and they know who, which person needs the ball and which doesn't, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't fight over who has the ball, who needs the ball, who takes the final shot. This, key, this team could probably beat the Lakers and the Clippers. And I truly believe that that can happen. But a lot of stuff needs to happen for that, right? This team isn't mature. There have been coaching problems. There have been, there's been a lack of chemistry. And I think that's why they've been such a disappointment this year. No one expected them to be sixth in the East. I think a lot of people could say that. I expected them to be first or second, really like nil. You know, like nil to nil with the Bucks. But I, I guess it is what it is for every, every NBA team. You know, like some teams are just not regular season teams and they peak in the playoffs. It would be weird for a six-seeded team to make it to the conference finals even, but again, anything can happen. I do believe that this team is strong enough and they are well-equipped with offensive power, firepower. The one thing they're missing is a bench and three-point shooting, except for Furcon, but you're not going to give a rookie that many minutes in the playoffs when you can play a lineup like Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and Al Horford. Let's be real. That is the best starting five in the league, and that's why I have them here on this list. And number three is people. This is a team that people have been counting out for the whole season, and that is the Portland Trailblazers. They're currently sitting at ninth in the West. They're going to be entering that tournament, that playing tournament for the eighth seed. And you know what? They are going to win. They're, look at their competition. Memphis, they're led by John Morant. I mean, they don't have the experience. They have, like, they have the lack of star power. The Blazers are going to get Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins back. And Rodney Hood. 
by the time that the, by the time that these playoffs start, right? And I think what they they've been like riddled with injuries throughout the whole season. Because if you're looking, what they're really missing is that defense. They're missing those big men. You know, Damian Lillard sometimes has to carry too much of a load. And if they can get their stuff together, and CJ McCollum could be like, okay, let let me enter playoff mode. If anyone can remember what he did to the Nuggets last year, if he's able to do that again and truly contribute 25 points a game during these playoffs, they should have no problem making it as an eighth seed. Sad part is. They're going to be playing the Lakers as the first seed. I don't see them beating the Lakers. However, I do see them posing a huge threat to the Lakers, a bigger threat than many teams. I could see the Blazers losing in six or seven games, which taking that if, if this series does go to game seven, the Lakers will win truly just because of home court advantage. This team is insane. There's no one on that, on that team that can guard Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Avery Bradley will shorten one of those players' points per game averages. He will post a little bit of a threat, but Danny Green cannot keep up with any of these, and I've seen that as a Raptors fan in the playoffs, which is why Fred Van Vliet had to play more than him in the finals. The Blazers are just, they're going to turn into an offensive superpower, and you're going to see shades of what we saw in 2018 and 2019, because this is going to go back to the team that made the conference finals, the team that could have beat the Golden State Warriors, but got swept. But you're going to see shades of that team. And I think that they're going to give the Lakers a very, very hard time. And give the fans a very entertaining series to watch. Because they're better equipped to beat the Lakers. Than teams like the Nuggets. Teams like the Thunder. And I think that this team should have easily made the playoffs this year. But again, it was unfortunate because of injuries. Lack of size. The playoffs is their time to prove themselves. And I really hope that they're able to do that. Because, well, I'm hoping for Damian Lillard, you know? I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, and I do believe that he deserves better. Especially if he's such a loyal player and not willing to leave a team for a super team. I mean, I think he deserves what he, get, like what he gets. At number four, we have the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are currently sitting at number four in the Western Conference. And, well, people sleep on them, but people don't sleep on them. Because a lot of people always say, yeah, they're such underdogs or such this, but they never consider them when it's time for the picks. Listen, this team, if you're looking at their like at their playoff route, they're playing the Thunder in the first round, which they'll probably be in five or six games, considering that they will torch them defensively. I don't know how much Chris Paul can do for that team at that point. Then you come against the Lakers. The Jazz are one of the toughest opponents that the Lakers could play. They destroyed them in the backcourt. A backcourt of Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell easily beats out a backcourt of Avery Bradley and Danny Green. On top of that, Boyan Bogdanovich or Joe Ingles could take LeBron James. And although they're not looked at as primary defenders, they are decent 3 and D players, which will limit his game to a decent, like, even in a small amount. You know, like, even if you limit LeBron, LeBron's still going to average a triple-double throughout that series. But that triple-double could go from 30 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, to 25 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And you're going to see that come playoff time, 5 points is a lot. That is a big difference right there. That's a huge turnaround for them. Rudy Gobert is looked at as the best defender in the league by a lot of people. He's going to be able to neutralize players like Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. This team is ready. This team is strong. They're great offensively and defensively. 
the one thing that could limit them is home court. Because the Jazz are one of the best home teams in the league. It is terrifying for any team to play there. But no team has that in these playoffs. So their energy that they get from the crowd, they're going to have to try to pull it from another source. Whether it's motivation, you know, what Michael Jordan used, which is basically to get anything and everything mad. You know, like you could, they could just come into the hotel and see that like the beds aren't set up nicely. That's it. Use that as motivation. Drop 45 points next game. You know, make a documentary about them. Basically... So we don't get off track. If this team beats the Lakers, you're going to come up against a team like the Clippers. And funny thing is, the Jazz are one of the best suited teams to beat the Clippers, actually. Because they play small ball in, a, in the same sense that the Clippers do. The Clippers' small forward and power forwards are Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. For the Jazz, it's Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich. These are two primarily small forward players that are 6'7", 6'8", that are great perimeter defenders and are efficient scorers. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George do it at a much higher volume. But people have been sleeping on Boyan Bogdanovich. This guy is averaging 20 points a game. And if the Jazz can stay consistent and really, and really, um, not, and really not let tensions kind of get to the team, because we know that there have been tensions related to COVID-19 with Rudy Gobert kind of messing around here and there. I think that they can make a really long run and they can make a potential finals. Seeing them beat the Bucks is kind of a stretch, but I could definitely see something like that happening. I could see the Jazz maybe losing to them in around six games, but they could go far. Their key is to beat the Lakers in the semifinals, and I'm pretty sure it's smooth sailing from there for this team. At number five, we have the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are currently sitting at fourth in the Eastern Conference. And I have them as potential finals candidates. Hear me out. This team is young, but this team is motivated. Jimmy Butler is probably the modern day Michael Jordan when it comes to just making your teammates better. This guy ordered basketball nets to every single one of his teammates' houses so they don't stay rusty during this break. He brings high energy to the game. He's a great defender. He's a great on-ball defender and perimeter defender. He brings energy. He brings scoring. He's clutch. He's a great leader. And I'm pretty sure he's, I'm pretty sure he scares the hell out of his players sometimes. But it does seem to be working. There was a point that the Heat were the second best team in the Eastern Conference. And they've swept the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think that that right there, that is a huge, huge contribution to me putting them on this list. In the first round, they're going to be playing the Pacers. That is an easy win for them, five or six games, because Sabonis can't lead a team. We've seen that big men in general are not able to lead teams when it comes to playoff time, because now everyone plays small ball. I mean, there's a reason why the Rockets got rid of Capella, right? There's a reason why the Clippers are playing with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George at small forward, power forward. Same goes for the Jazz, but with Bogdanovich and um, Joe Ingles. I mean, people just kind of transitioned into that, and the Heat are really showing great signs. Bam at a Bayou. He made the all-star team this year. He's going to be a great, great interior defender. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, they're going, to pre- they're going to present volume offensively, especially Kendrick Nunn, who's going to get a lot of minutes at that shooting guard spot. Andre Godala gives him a great mentality. He's been there. He's an NBA champion. Kelly Olynyk, he's a great scorer. As much as um, I don't really respect the guy for injuring Kevin Love in 2015, I mean, he's one of the few big men that can shoot three-pointers consistently, and you have to give it to him. 
This Heat team is very well equipped. They could probably beat the Bucks in around seven games. If it comes to that, they, if they play the Raptors or the Celtics, they will beat them in six or seven games. And you're looking at an NBA Finals for this team. However, I do not see them beating the Heat. Sorry, I do not see them beating the Lakers or beating the Clippers. I think both of those teams will beat the Heat in six games. But I think just looking at an NBA Finals for this franchise will be huge leading into their future. Andre Gidola is probably going to resign. Jimmy Butler is going to stay there when it comes time. Bama Dubayu is going to want to stay because this shows potential. Any long run shows potential. It makes people want to stay on the team. It makes people really see like, oh my God, yeah, they have something to give me. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here because I could win a championship. I could be a successful basketball player. And it's working. They're sharing the rock. There's no player that's averaging above 25 points a game on this team. Jimmy Butler's averaging 21. Bam Adebayo is averaging 18. Kendrick Nunn is averaging around 16. Tyler Hero, 13. Duncan Robinson, 10, like around 10 points a game. It's just everyone's contributing and everyone's contributing enough. And I could really, I can really measure the heat with the Toronto Raptors. But I think what brings the heat above them is the fact that they have a leader that's a small forward. And small forward are known as the most like multi-dimensional basketball players because they could do it all. They could do, they could score, like take LeBron James, for example, they could score, pass, defend. Pascal Siakam kind of lacks that scoring, which is what puts the Celtics and the Heat over the Raptors sometimes. But because of that, I think Jimmy Butler is such a great leader because he's able to kind of do it all and make his teammates around him better and make people want to play with him. I think that is the key to being a respected player around the league. And he's kind of been dealing with issues like that throughout throughout like the past like two seasons with the Timberwolves and Sixers so personally I am glad to see him kind of achieve that feat and now an honorable mention we have the Houston Rockets I couldn't include them on this list because I don't think they deserve to be here over these five teams maybe the Jazz I don't know the Rockets are currently sixth in the west which I find kind of disappointing but I see them as potential finals candidates even potential NBA champions you're looking at a backcourt led by Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Two MVPs that, you know, if you say former MVP, you could be like, yeah, he won in 2010. That was 10 years ago. So they're old now. They both won three years ago. Like They both won two and three years ago. Not a lot of time has passed. These are, guys are both at tip-top shape. Russell Westbrook's still averaging 25, 8, and 8. James Harden's averaging 34 points a game. He's sharing the ball more. You guys kind of see that the game's ticking for them at a higher level towards the end of the season but it got cut so we really couldn't get a, a good presentation of that the one thing that could affect them and it kind of regrets like kind of like shows me why i shouldn't put them on this list is the fact that they play way too small ball there's a difference between putting anthony davis who's six foot ten at the center spot and putting pj tucker who's six foot six at the center spot they really can't compete when it comes to like the higher versions of play you traded Clint Capella away, so you don't have a big man to battle against people like Montrez Harrell, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, even Anthony Davis. But because you're so good offensively and you have the probably the greatest offensive coach in the history of the NBA, I had to put you on this honorable mention because they're going to beat the Nuggets in the first round in around six or seven games, and they might beat the Clippers in around seven games. Because if they could figure out a strategy that will beat the Clippers while using super small ball, they'd probably be able to win a championship at that point. But because I don't really see that 
I could probably see the Clippers beating them in around seven games. But if the Rockets are able to beat the Clippers in seven, they're probably going to beat the Lakers in around six or seven. And if they're able to make it to the finals, they could probably beat a team like the Milwaukee Bucks in around seven games as well. But again, keyword is could. They're probably going to lose in the second round, which will be very disappointing for Houston Rockets fans. But it is what it is, and you learn from your mistakes. I think the Rockets have made the same mistake three years in a row now, because everyone knows that they probably should have won in 2018. They should have taken advantage of Kevin Durant getting injured last year, and they shouldn't have gone super small ball this year, because it kind of trapped them in a very deep hole. But I guess we'll wait and see for the playoffs to start, and we'll kind of see what goes on here, kind of goes what goes on there. I still think that the Clippers are going to win the championship. I stand by that. However... We're going to have to wait and see. July 30th, everyone mark their calendars. It's about to be exciting. Finally have some basketball back. And uh, yeah, enjoy your day. Peace out.